Welcome. Bodhi Spiritual Center has existed for 15 years with three primary intentions, to reveal love, to honor all paths, and to celebrate life. We are a community of sacred service. This community exists because hundreds of people support it in time, talent, and treasure. And for that, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for being among a body of people that prioritize the revelation of love, the honoring of all paths, and the celebration of life. It is said that the Buddha awakened under the Bodhi tree, and while we are not a Buddhist community, what we affirm is that awakening is for the many, not the few. So there are not just a handful of guys who were bestowed with the presence of life, but in fact, it lives where you are. So thank you for saying yes to your own personal awakening. I would love to invite you to join me as we speak our mission statement into existence. We awaken individuals to live their inherent power and purpose through unconditional love, creativity, and conscious community. We reveal oneness in service to the people of Chicago and beyond. We are a social media friendly community. We'd love for you to check in, to post, take pictures, take videos, use the hashtags reveal love and Bodhi Chicago. Most people find us today because of your social media posts, and for that, we are deeply grateful. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, please do that at Bodhi Chicago. Thank you for being here. If you are joining us online, we are very grateful for your contribution. We know that where you are, the presence of the planet is lifted by right of consciousness, and we're grateful to have you with us. Enjoy service. So we are on the last Sunday of our series titled The Future of Freedom. And as I sat with that this week, I heard the future of freedom requires transformation. But the question really is, then how do you get transformation? If you work from the outside in, you don't get lasting transformation. If you really want to have a transformative experience, you have to have a shift in consciousness. So I want to talk about the definition of transformation quickly. A thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. So the future of freedom requires transformation. The future of freedom requires a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. Well, how do you get that? How do you get a dramatic change? You know, you could say that having the automobile shift from fuel to electric is not a transformation. From a horse to a car, that was a transformation. If we don't have a shift in consciousness, then we will shift from fuel to electricity and still have problems. There are some recurring themes in our individual lives and in our collective experience that have yet to be transformed. For many years, I would say to myself, if I could bring in $11,000 a month, my situation would be great. Isn't it funny? Now the number's 22,000. That's because a transformation hasn't occurred. And the reason that is, is because the subconscious mind, the realm of beliefs, remains the same. 
there's not enough. And so fundamentally in me, there is a storyline that there's not enough. It won't matter if it's 11,000 or 22,000 or 33,000 or 44,000 per month because right where I am is the absence of freedom. Right where I am is a thought that it's, it's not enough as it is. Now, wouldn't you venture to say that there are plenty of people that are figuring out how to thrive on $11,000 per month? And perhaps you're sitting here saying to yourself, if I had $11,000 a month, I'd be set. But it's not true. If the $11,000 per month or the $22,000 per month is the locus of control, is the source of your good, the carrot will always be dangling outside of you. So when we kicked off this series, we started with a definition of freedom that was an extraction from the science of mind, glossary of terms, and Charles Fillmore's metaphysical dictionary. And I worked it over and came up with a definition of freedom that says, having a sense of complete well-being through regulating one's life according to truth, not story or opinion. So if you were to actually create an experience of freedom, it would be to have a sense of complete well-being through regulating one's life according to truth, not story or opinion. On... Tuesday of this past week, my nine-year-old daughter said that she had some kind of a bug bite on her leg. And she is a rough-and-tumble kind of kid. I mean, she is in the dirt. She is rolling around. She is running all the time. And we put some lavender oil on it. We put some tea tree oil on it. We tended to it. I picked around a little bit to see what the situation See, I was the girl in high school who, if you had back zits. I'm your girl. I mean, I, all, I really should have been like a dental hygienist. So anyway, I was in, you know, my investigative position. And the situation was not getting better. The area was getting dense and thick and hot. And yesterday when we got home from Lake Geneva, I started to feel like a little concerned. So I took her to the urgent care clinic and she has uh, an infected abscess that they had to lance and drain. And you can imagine how fun that was for a nine-year-old. The night before, as I was putting her to bed, so Friday night as I was putting her to sleep, and she was experiencing increased discomfort, I said, why don't I speak a prayer? So I laid with her, and I spoke a prayer, and then I just spoke affirmation after affirmation after affirmation. The truth of who you are is whole and holy. There is a power and presence that resides at the center of your being that transcends all circumstances and conditions. There is a perfect power that is right where you are. Your cells are regenerating themselves over and over and over again, and they are infinitely intelligent. They are organizing around the health and healing and well-being of your body. And to that, she fell asleep. So last night when we got home, having had this very traumatic experience in the urgent care clinic, she said, Mommy, I feel so scared. 
And she just was weeping. And I was scared, you know, because the doctor was like, you really have to pay attention to this in the next 24 to 48 hours because if the infection does not leave, it will go internal and it could become more serious. So we have a whole protocol that my dental hygienist self is happy to execute. And so last night as she was laying in my bed and she said, I feel so scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't like this at all. That was so scary. She said, will you please speak to me the way you spoke to me last night when you put me to sleep? And I thought, that's really brilliant. The fact that a little being can feel at the center of her the power of words of truth, the transcendent quality over and above the circumstances and conditions that are very much alive in her physicality. That's what I'm asking us to hold at this time and space. The ability to look at circumstances and conditions, to look at the ugly pus that is coming out, to look at the infected soul and not go down with it, to hold the high watch and to say the future of freedom requires transformation. The, the, the power of this community at this time, I've been with this community for almost 14 years in some capacity. I have seen its own spiritual maturation. There was a time where this community was obsessed with individual work. There was a time where this community was obsessed with getting itself right. That's not wrong. But if your evolution doesn't transcend the self, it starts to eat away at the self. Where this community is now is having transcended the individual wants and needs and is ready to address the suffering at the level of the collective. That doesn't mean you neglect your own experience. So looking at this infected abscess, to have the ability to tend to it, to drain it, to massage the pus, the infection out of it. Do you hear the metaphor? Our soul is infected with opinions. Our soul is infected with a seduction of story. And the spiritual maturation of you requires the ability to look at a thing and hold the high watch of and about the thing. So, you know, this is, this is how Ernest Holmes would say it. To suppose that the creative intelligence of the universe would create man in bondage and leave him bound would be to dishonor the creative power which we call God. The truth points to freedom. We do well to listen to this inner voice, for it tells us of a life wonderful in its scope, of a love beyond our fondest dreams, of a freedom which the soul craves. To untangle the presence of a God that would somehow leave you to suffer, to untangle that thing, is the work of mastery to untangle the externalized carrot, to look right where I am and to know that the presence of all that is right and good, holy and whole 
is moving and breathing in me. Many years ago, I worked with someone in a class, and they said, I don't want to be seen as a welfare mom. And I said, are you a welfare mom? Well, yes. Okay, hang on a second. So you don't want to be seen as a welfare mom. Right, 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 right. But are you a welfare mom? Yes. Therein lies suffering. When you cannot complete, this is the great big paradox of surrender. When you can surrender to the very thing that you think is who you are, you can transcend it and a new possibility becomes available. But so long as you resist that which is occurring, you're trapped. So, you heard me speak last week of my $14,000 in property taxes, and when I resist that, I am in a loop of lack and scarcity. When I say I choose a house that has $14,000 in property taxes along with it and breathe through that, what else can become available? What, you know, I have a, I have a couple talk, talk tracks. One is my property taxes, just <laughs> And the other is student loan debt. It just goes on and on and on and on. But I need not talk about it so much. You know, because I can get, I have a very compelling case about the injustice of student loan debt. And it's a good one. And you're clapping because you know it's right. <laughs> but what difference does me being right about that make? Very little. Very little. It keeps me on a loop. A loop. A loop. So there's this very interesting thing happening on Instagram right now. It is... Um, a conversation between black women who are owning the space of bringing the conversation of racial injustice to the foreground. And they're being relentless about it. And then there are all these um, white women who have built ginormous Instagram followings based on feminism and spirituality that don't want to have a conversation about racial justice. And to watch the conversation ensue is a great, great education in how you yourself get triggered. So this is what's happening. A statement is made about Nia Wilson, the young woman who was stabbed to death on the BART station in Oakland, California. And a statement is made that is based in the what's so of what is occurring in this country right now. Just the what's so. And then one gets very defensive because we can't sit with the what's so. Do you understand what I'm saying? So a conversation gets started, we put information out there, and then the reaction comes from a triggered state because we can't sit with the discomfort and round and round and round and round we go. 
So my invitation is always to look at transformation at the level of the individual, transformation at the level of the collective. There are some conversations in this country that we have not transformed. You could say, well, no, race in America is, is better. Black folks can drink from the same water fountain. Well, that would not be a transformation. That would just be a shifting of things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Look at your life. If I had $22,000 more a month, then the situation would be better. What's yours? What is your one where you start to alleviate yourself of having to do the real work in your soul? See, for me to sit and have the facts, not the truth, the facts of a set of circumstances displayed to me, shared with me, and to have to sit through it and feel all the discomfort that comes along with it actually enables me to have a space for something new to show up. As opposed to just resisting, I don't want to look at that, I don't want to look at that, I don't want to look at that. When Caroline and I sat in the urgent care clinic and the doctor was working on her leg, it was very painful. They, they you know, cut it open and they have to move the infection out. It is an unfriendly situation, but it's a necessary situation. And I could tell the doctor was unfamiliar with a parent being as straight with their nine-year-old as those who know me can imagine I was with my nine-year-old. And I sat there. She was getting quite hysterical. And I said, Caroline, take a breath. Come on, I need you to keep your mind right because you're getting yourself all worked up. I need you to breathe in through your nose. And I need to, to affirm that what they are doing right where they are is exactly what your body knows how to respond to. There is a hysteria that we are in on the planet right now. And if you join the hysteria, we have lost you. You become useless. The future of freedom requires your transformation. Your transformation is dependent on a shift in consciousness. Ernest Holmes goes on to say, the conscious mind, which we could call universal intelligence, the one mind, is superior to the subjective and may consciously use it. Great as the subconscious is, its tendency is set in motion by the conscious thought. And in this possibility lies the path to freedom. Karmic law is a taskmaster to the unwise and a servant to the wise. Let me break this down. So one of the things that this community taught me 14 years ago that has given me great power in my life is access to my subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is the houser of your beliefs, your thoughts, your feelings, your memories, your opinions. It is a, great of, a place of great power when you can begin to distinguish 
the false beliefs or the limited sense of self that's housed in the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind, you can have choice. You can have the capacity to witness it. But what's even greater than working at the level of the subconscious mind is activating the conscious mind. Activating the high idea, the universal intelligence. You are the individualized manifestation of that which we call God. There is no man out in the sky that we pray to. There is a presence that is nearer than your breath that we pray from. And when we align ourselves with that high and holy presence, all things become possible. So there's a reason why a nine-year-old can feel the power of an affirmative word when she is in a very scary space. There's a reason why when she went to bed last night, she has an, an, an intelligence that she knows is calling forward a magnetic conversation. Her soul knows, give me the good stuff. Give me the good stuff. Give me the truth. Because story and opinion leaves you broken. I need to get to higher ground. I need to get to a higher altar. I need to get, get to a high place of consciousness. You cannot solve the problem at the level of consciousness that created it. So you have to transcend. So if I want to create a life of presently $22,000 of personal income each month, Focusing on the fact that I don't have that is not going to be the transcendent place. I'm not inviting you into spiritual bypass. I'm, 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 I'm shifting between individual consciousness and collective consciousness because I don't know where you are or what you're dealing with. But you can map this on to your life or you can map this on to the planet right now. When we are caught in a loop of suffering, and all we can see is the suffering. Nothing is possible. I have always said that if my body ever gets out of sorts, this is the community that I will have to hold me high. Because I do not want an idea of my limitation engaging in sorrow and pity. In that moment, you need a rod of truth. You need a word that can lift up out of the circumstances and conditions. Now, the spiritual maturation of our time is to be able to look at the ugliest thing and not become the ugliest thing. That it, see, see, historically, this conversation, historically, this movement has just wanted to turn a blind eye to the ugly and just focus on what feels good. Consciousness is actually not about positivity, just to be clear. Consciousness is not about just um, focusing on the good. Consciousness actually means the ability to see oneself. Consciousness actually means mental awareness. So I can feel my fear when the doctor is talking to me about the risks of what could happen, and I don't become my fear. I can look at the circumstances and conditions of this country 
and not become them. But to not look makes you a fool. Can you imagine? This is actually the distinction from a historical perspective. If you look at the evolution of spirituality, or um, alternative spirituality in this country, this was the evolution from Christian science to the science of mind. You know, we, I don't really talk about that that much unless you take classes here. But the, um, you know, the creation of the science of mind was that there is a power, sorry, the creation of Christian science was that there is a power and a presence in you that can heal all things and that you don't even need medicine. And Ernest Holmes came along and said, well, well hang on a second. What if God is in medicine too? What if God is in science too? Ernest Holmes said, Holmes said, I'm interested in the intersection of science, religion, and philosophy. Not just philosophy, not just religion, but in fact, there's a place in space where these things merge. Now, if you were to listen to that metaphorically, you could say that I have an interest in looking at the ugly and bringing forward an inoculation. We talked about the virus of fear last week. Inoculate yourself. Inoculate yourself. There's a woman named Chani Nicholas. I love her. She's brilliant. She said in response to this Instagram conversation, which you could laugh at, but what I love about social media is it's, it's the subconscious mind on blast. That's why I love social media. You want to know what folks are thinking and the, the state in co of consciousness that they're vibrating at? Look at social media. It's, it's very, very telling. So, you know, we just onboarded a few new staff people this week, and one of the things that we talked about in the interviewing process is I'm very mindful about people's social media. You know, we can't tell you what to put out there, but to me, how you be on social media tells me a lot. And that's not to say that you can't share provocative stuff. This is what Chani Nicholas said in response to the conversation. She said, cleanse your heart of the hopes that you can change, heal, or fix anyone. We can't change anyone. But in doing the deep investigative work on ourselves, we can change. Life lived from a deep and consistent investigation of our part in a problem can unlock our humanity and reveal solutions that weren't available to us before. Knowing our part is key to being an impactful accomplice to justice manifesting in the world and in our own lives. What she's saying there is when you say, I don't want to be seen as a welfare mom, but you are a welfare mom, how much space can you sit with, I am a welfare mom? I, I am that. I, now, because then the question becomes, what are you making that mean? Why, why is being a welfare mom bad? Because so long as being a welfare mom is bad, stick with me. If you're not a welfare mom, you're like, I don't get it. Map it onto your life. It's not about the welfare mom. If you cannot make peace with being a welfare mom, 
you will never not be a welfare mom. That's the power of a reclamation of words used against you. I get to say what that means. So what she's saying is when, when, when information is shared about the state of race in America, can you, before you argue against it, could you sit and just say, how does that live as true in me? This is what I've been talking about this for two years since Donald Trump was elected. Don't let him seduce you because he lives in you. So where does he live in me? You know, I, I find myself in conversations at times of conflict within this community, and I'm always struck, nothing major, but the conflict that we navigate here, and you wonder how the world looks the way it looks. I told you our tagline was reveal love. What happened? I walked in here today, there was a young woman sitting by herself. She was brand new, I could tell she was brand new. There were people all surrounding her, paid her no mind. I pulled those people into a room and I said, did you see that young woman? Yeah? How do you think it must have felt to have you gathered all over here and her standing by her lonesome? Probably not great. We gotta just get with how that lives in us. It's not too far away. You know, there is a scripture that says we have to be responsible to the most vulnerable among us. If you're sitting in this room and you think you're the most vulnerable, something's got a hold of your mind. This is a room of great privilege. The future of freedom requires your transformation. Your transformation requires a shift in consciousness. The brilliance of the 12-step program is it requires you, it demands of you that you get outside of yourself. Sitting eye to eye with my daughter in such agony yesterday brought me into the present moment like no other. She had a need she was vulnerable in that moment. And I had a capacity to write her with what's true, not to get seduced and scared by the circumstances and conditions. So I don't know what yours to do is at this time. But I'll close with this. Declare your freedom. Know that no matter what others may say, think, or do, you are a success now and nothing can hinder you from accomplishing your good. All the power of the universe is with you. Feel it, know it, and then act as though it were true. The power of the universe is with you. That which is occurring on the planet right now is no thing to a body of people that know their oneness with this badass universe. If you know that, if you know the capacity that lives in you, you can create anything. If there is one commitment that this community exists to be about, 
It is that you not be seduced by the circumstances and conditions before you. Declare your freedom. You are one with all that is. You are one with a power and presence that can move mountains. So I invite you to close your eyes if you wouldn't. Take a deep breath. And within your soul, declare your freedom. I am free now. Say that to yourself. I am free now. So take another deep breath in. There is a power and presence for good. It is that which I call God, spirit, life. It is this vast and holy universe. It is infinitely intelligent, and it is in back of all things. There is no thing that we see with the eye that is not imbued with the presence of all that is good. So as I know that I am one with this thing, as I know I am one with this universal presence, this infinite intelligence, I know that absolutely must be true for all life. So I affirm here and now that there is a shift in consciousness that each of us gathered in the high altar that rises up into the truth of who we are versus the facts of who we are become a channel for something greater to come forward. I know that we douse the circumstances and conditions that are before us with a high and holy presence, a vibration of love, of peace, of joy, of harmony. We extract any infected sense of self. We cut the cords to any old talk tracks that keep us stuck in a loop of limitation. We bust out of a paradigm of fear into the high altar of consciousness that is mobilized by joy, by vision, by peace, by power. I speak a word and of, uh, I speak a word of and about every being that has chosen to press through into this dimension of reality at this time and space knowing that there is no accident or coincidence that each of us are on the planet now. I know that we are each inspired by the spirit that lives in us to do what is ours to do towards the revelation of love, the profound sense of connectedness, of unity, May I be bold enough and willing enough to sit in the exploration of my shadow. May I be bold enough. May I be willing enough. May I be humble enough to interrogate my soul. May I know that I do not go down any kind of a drain in doing that. I have the capacity to hold the witness consciousness and see the truth while interrogating my interior. So I give great thanks for this community. I give great thanks for the willingness that we each have to be honest with ourselves, 
to take a fearless and searching moral inventory of our shadow and to understand that it is the projection of that that creates suffering. So I shine the light on all places and spaces in me that are scared. I shine the light on all places and spaces in me that are right. I loosen my grip. The presence of grace flows through me and all around me. I give great thanks for the fulfillment of this word. I release it knowing it is done. There is a shift in consciousness where I am. And for that, I am deeply grateful. And so it is.